every day. Millions of dollars are lost to a lack of IT oversight and inefficient infrastructure. At QEH2, we take your security seriously and can handle everything from a new business startup to a Fortune 500 looking to make a change. We are an IT company that puts your needs first. Call QEH2 today at 303-688-7531 or visit us online at www.qeh2.com. Mention the Ladies Chit Chat Club and receive a free security evaluation. 303-688-7531. QEH2. Business Intelligence. Hello, my friends. You are listening to Grit and Grace. My name is Taverly, and I am your host. I'm here to share my entrepreneurial journey with you and will be bringing on some amazing women who've been helping me, mentoring me, and inspiring me on how grit and grace helps them crush it in business, relationships, fitness, family, friends, and all that good stuff. Now, let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Grit and Grace. I'm excited to have Jack Julian with me today. She is a productivity coach that had a holy Batman light bulb moment when she realized she was an organized mess. She went back to her roots in clinical psychology to understand how our minds can influence our productivity. She went deep into understanding what stands between people and what they need to get done to be successful, which is a challenge for everyone. And she's turned this into an amazing system in productivity coaching business. Welcome, Jack. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and hello to all your listeners. Yay. We love having you here because a lot of our listeners have heard me talk a lot about productivity and the things that I have not only um, had to learn, but have learned the hard way. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think that's a lot how we learn is the hard way. <laughs> right. And I love it that you say that you started as an organized mess because a lot of us are. And you know, I'm really excited to talk about this topic because I think, I think we're all an organized mess in some area of our life. Like if our business is really smooth, maybe like our home organization is a mess, but very seldom do we have like all areas in, a, in an organized fashion. So I think that this is just really pertinent and exciting to discuss. Well, thank you. So how did you start? So how did you, first of all, how did you realize you were an organized mess? <laughs> um, that's a good question. How did I really, I think it came from when I started being an entrepreneur and realized that, you know, when we work without significant deadlines or that our deadlines are kind of self-imposed, mm. that things start to get kind of put along the wayside or, yeah, yeah, I can get to that later or, well, you know, I don't have to have it done now. Mm. And I was always really good with deadlines. If I had a deadline, I always met it. But then juggling more balls on my own time, things started to kind of drop. And I realized, you know, I'm not quite as organized as I thought I was. Now, was that just in business or like business and personal? It was business and personal. Yeah. 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 So tell me, where did you start? Like you had, a, you had some corporate experience before you started your own business. Mm -hmm. And is that where you had like good structure and deadlines were in place? Like what was that? What did you do before? Um, I actually taught college psychology online. 
Mm. Well, and oh. in the classroom and did therapy, and I come from I a psychology say, background. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, as a psychology major, I, I totally understand that a lot of what you learned in that part of your career must play so much when you're dealing with individuals on a daily basis now, because a lot getting organized isn't just like stacking the papers and filing yeah. the files; it's getting your brain organized. Yes, yes. I like to call it our productive mind. Right, where we're putting all these tools and all the things, you know, all of the external things that get in our ways, as well as our own feelings and issues that we bring to the table when we start going, that all of those need to be mixed up and reorganized. Yeah, totally makes sense. So how, so how long were you working in the psychology field as a, like a teacher, an instructor? Mm -hmm. um, a little over 13 years. Mm, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. Do you still do any work in that field now? I do still do some teaching because I have some colleges that I work for that I really like. So, <laughs> Yeah. It's just, you know, it's funny because once you start in, in the space of opening and owning your own company, we tend to do like a bunch of different things. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which makes it then more difficult because how do I balance this part and that part? And, you know, I like to have a life as well. So... Yeah, it's interesting. I um, My dad asked me a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about all the different things that I do from the podcast to corporate cause agency. And, you know, I'm launching this exciting subscription box soon and I have these international projects kind of in the works and I have a book on the back burner. And he's like, holy gadzoos, like, how do you even like, how do you even take notes for the day? And I'm like, well, I have one section of my notebook for this part of the business, one <laughs> section of my notebook for this part of the business. And I know where everything is. And I have a to-do list at the top of each one of those sections that are like chaptered out and, and listen, I'm, I'm a person that still writes everything by hand. I love handwritten. I'm, I'm still there too. And I think part of it for me is I like to be able to cross it off. Bye-bye. You're yeah. done. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> See ya. Glad that's over with. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It doesn't just magically disappear. Like there is actual, and if it was really rough, then I can scribble really hard. Yeah, then you can like cross it out, not even <laughs> see any left. I mean, use red ink if needed. Yeah. <laughs> the dreaded having to carry it over to the next day is not my favorite part. Mm -hmm. And if something is not checked off that list and I have to write it on the next day's goals, I'm like, oh, I must not really want to do that. No. Maybe I should do that first tomorrow. Yep. Yep. I used to use a longer page of a post-it note and just because I was I found that I was you know having to rewrite which is in some ways good because then you know oh wait yeah it's tactile yeah yeah and then um so I put it all on a post-it note and then I would just move the post-it note from day to day. Oh, I see. That's smart. I saw someone post, uh, one of my uh, power partners that I work with posted this idea on Instagram that she posted them. She puts them in priority on top of each other. So when she's done, all she sees on that stack of post-it notes is the one on the very top and she takes it away, crumples it up, throws it away when it's done. And, and the next one on the list is right there. So she's not looking at you know, the 30 things that can feel overwhelming when you see all that that you need to accomplish in a day. Instead, she's looking at one thing at a time, but she knows there's something underneath it. Yeah, I think that that's, I think that that's a great idea. Yeah, it, there's, I love that idea. And that's kind of what I've moved to is I, I'll do a post-it note for my top three. Yeah. Okay, so tell me how, like when you decided to go into the coaching field of, you know, creating 
you know, the productivity mindset, which is what you're talking about. You went into the field of, of helping others develop that. What does that look like? I mean, I, I can't, I can only imagine what it's been like from my perspective. And one particular podcast that's probably my favorite and it's probably all my listeners' least favorite because it's where I go into living a notification-free life off my phone, uh-huh. computer, everything. Everything's always turned off because I cannot accomplish what I need to with the constant interruption. So I, you know, and it's been some time I've lived like that. I don't have any devices that go off. In fact, well, there's two times, one for one child, one for the other child. They're the only <laughs> ones that can break through those silent modes. Yes. But I spent a whole podcast talking about focus and flow and how to increase productivity. And it was so challenging for me. I'm really interested to hear how you take others through that process. Oh, well, I liked where I always start with my clients is looking at their personality and how we can get them to work best. Yeah. So give me an example. So... And so I start with personality. I want to know who you are, what things motivate you, how you work best, what are your values, what are your strengths, what kind of obstacles are you running into in your environment? Because those are the issues that we're going to need to look at. And, you know, you mentioned the notifications. One of the things that I find with notifications is that in some ways there's a lot of guilt or just a feeling of being lost because we're so plugged in when we turn off our notifications. Now, I know when I turned off my notifications on Facebook Messenger in particular, I, I can't remember why I did it. I think we were away for the weekend and I didn't want my phone to die, so I didn't want it blowing up with messages all the time. And I really forgot to turn it back on. And it was the weirdest feeling of, oh my gosh, where are all my friends? What are they doing? Mm. (laughs) You know, but now that I, and I just left them off and I don't have them on anymore. And it's very liberating because I'm not constantly going, oh, oh, who's, who's, who's calling me now? You know, what, oh, who's doing what? And so I go in a couple times a day. I check my messenger. I do it with email and the other things that I need to check. And it saves me a ton of time because I'm not constantly plugged in and distracted. Yeah, I described it. I've described it in the past. Like imagine sitting in front of your computer, like trying to write a paper. And while you're sitting there writing every five minutes, someone comes up and taps your shoulder and says, hey, I got a joke for you. Or hey, check out this cool picture. Or hey, did you know that so-and-so did this? That's exactly what it's like every time your phone goes off because we have this like dopamine hit, right? When you get it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know the science part as much. I just know that we are as humans almost incapable of not looking. If there's a notification that goes off on our phone and it's a text or a social media, media post or a message, probably not as much for email, but for anything social related, we, we, it like sits there and it's like spinning in our brain. Oh my gosh, what was that? What was that? What was that? So you, you actually cannot concentrate on what you're doing. And they're saying that there's even a depth um, level in our brains that the next generation are not going to be able to, to tap into if they don't learn to go silent. If they don't learn, they are going to be using less part of their brain for that deep creative work that we need to do. I mean, that that's where things like, you know, light comes from, you know, the, 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 the most major artists have the, had these processes of tuning out the world to develop the latest amount of technology. And yet that technology is now stopping us from doing that at a bigger scale. 
Yeah. Maybe you started a business in your basement or garage, but let's face it, that's lonely. And meeting clients in coffee shops gets old really fast. Enter Rise Collaborative Workspace. Rise was started by a woman just like you, who knows that you not only need a great space to meet clients, but also a great community for support and friendship. At Rise, they have offices or dedicated desk space to rent or drop-in memberships for those client meetings. Along with weekly learning and social events, Rise is the perfect workspace for women on the rise. Check out more about Rise at their fantastic website, riseworkspace.com, or stop by and check it out for yourself at the corner of Colorado Boulevard and 7th next to Trader Joe's. That's Rise Collaborative Workspace at riseworkspace.com. And tell them you heard about it from the Ladies Chit Chat Club. And it's, it's such a fine balance. And on the note of, you know, how we get distracted by, you know, even, even if we don't look at the message, right? It's in the back of our head and we're thinking about it. And when we get distracted, it takes us 23 minutes and 15 seconds to get back on track. That is disturbing. I just wrote that down. It takes us 23 minutes and 15 seconds to refocus once we've Mm -hmm. been distracted. Mm -hmm. So if you check Facebook for five minutes, you've wasted a half hour. That is not good. (laughs) Okay. So the people that you work with when you get started, you're looking at this whole thing, right? Like their, their environment, their strengths, um, the things that they, they are concerned with. And, and what do you do if somebody feels like they can't not listen to their fans or their audience, you know, every hour on their device? Because I, I, I try to think of some instances when people would need that. And even if you're an influencer, even if you have like, 5 million followers, you still only need to be on your phone responding in chunks of time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But how do you overcome those objections? I want to know why you feel like you need to be available 24-7 for somebody else. Mm. Right? What is it that is driving you to feel like you have to give up your life to be available for other people? And that's the psychology piece coming in. (laughs) This is where you get good. (laughs) That must be a hard question. It is a hard question. And a lot of times, maybe we don't want to admit it, right? But we all want to feel needed. And so having those adoring fans who want our attention all the time, that makes us feel really good. And to cut that off, that can be difficult. Yeah. So that must be a big portion of your challenge in increasing productivity. It can be, yes. Mm-hmm. So what else? So, so, so let's just say you've been able to address the social media issue. How do you, how do you identify the strengths that an individual has that is going to play into how they can improve their productivity? Because like for me, one of my strengths is definitely being able to use my voice. And I'm um, not saying that I like to talk, but I like to talk and I can talk. <laughs> and I don't, I, I don't receive phone calls because I'm notification free. So I actually only make phone calls. But now I find I do them in chunks of time and then I'm really good on the phone. And then the rest of the time I don't need to. My dog might hear me a lot during the day if I need to drop some F-bombs on occasion, but how do you find their strengths? Um, Well, I I use a personality test 
to get us all started. So that has some of that in it. Um, But, and so we use that to build off of, you know, well, what do you think are your strengths? And when you have worked really well, what have you been doing to work like that? Mm, so you're going to get into what is the cycle and flow that they currently have. Mm-hmm. Because if you understand what somebody's cycle and flow is, then you're going to be able to like, you know, take out the pieces of what's working really well. So when I did a time study, that was a, nice. that's in that same pod. You're going to need to go listen to that podcast. I, I do I, need to, I, I didn't get to that one. <laughs> I literally rant. I, I feel like I ranted, but I felt better. So it's okay with me. Um, I have a business mentor that made me, I want to say made me, um, encouraged me, highly, highly, highly encouraged me to do this time study. And I did it for 14 days and I tracked it. And at the end of it, I found the chunks of time in the day when I was most productive on, on working in my business, not on my business, but getting down into the weeds and doing mm-hmm. client work and mm-hmm. developing models and proposals. I found the chunks of the day that I was really good at that. And then I found the times of the day where I spent a little bit more time on my phone. And you know, when that time was, it was when I was tired. Yes. I, I was, wasn't, I wasn't as, I just couldn't, I needed a break. So instead of taking a break, I used the device. And so now, you know, once I did this whole time study, I was able to find a way to do something else. Um, and sometimes I can find my way back to productivity, but sometimes on that day, when I hit that point, I need to take it to a higher level. I need to start looking at the forest instead of being caught in the trees. <laughs> yes. I love time studies. And I was like you, I never, ever wanted to do one. I was thinking, you know what? I know where my time goes. Mm -hmm. And if I'm going to have to write down every half hour, hour, what I've been doing, well, that's just a waste of my time. But I frequently do them just to make sure that I'm on track. And my problem now is that I can almost get addicted to it. And so I almost want to do it all the time. And I know there are people who do that. I don't feel that that might be the best use of my time always. But if I feel like I'm getting derailed or especially when I know something's going to change in my business or my personal life, I like to do them so that I can stay on track. But yeah, I was like you, I didn't want to do it at all. Because I felt like I didn't have the time to do it. And how silly does that sound? If you feel like you don't have time to do a time study, you got a problem. Exactly. Just saying people that are listening got a problem. Okay. So give an example of what, how you do your time study. Cause I'm sure that I could have lots of practice and help at how to do a time study better. Cause I just kind of winged it, but how did you, how do you have people do their time studies? I just, I'm still old school and do pen and paper. Mm. Um, and I played around with a lot of ways. The one way that I found that worked for me was at the end of each day, I would go through and highlight like what I was working on whatever for each each time segment um I did it sort of more general and okay so this is my business this is personal life this is you know other work that I have to do but to be able to just look at it visually and see hey you know what I can see that there's this big chunk of time that I was you know diddling around Mm. And then maybe you could figure out why, like me, mm-hmm. that, that just meant yes. that I was just, you know, energetically just tapped. Yes. Mm, no. And people run into those time periods and you want to know, we, we, uh, they have this. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody we, understand that? Did yeah. you catch that? You got the wee, wee, wee. I'm going to speak French that I don't speak. So yeah. you can understand it. That is why. <laughs> 
<laughs> we but, sort of intuitively know these things, mm. but we just don't give them the credit or the time that we need to, to make the significant changes that we want to have in our life. Right. I, I think that if you want to achieve big things, you have to make big sacrifices. And a time study, the way that you're talking about it and being able to really identify where are you going to make changes? Because that, that's what happened to me. I mean, that was the purpose for it for me is that I was really struggling with a decision on where a chunk of my time was spent that was not profitable for me, but it's something that I really cared about. And I, I really struggled to like let it go. And the time study boiled everything down to dollars and cents for me. And not that every hour needs to be profitable, but it needs to have meaning in some way, shape or form towards my end goal. Yes. And that's, that's really what the, the, that part was for me is that I was able to, and you know what, exercising helps me reach my end goal. Cause I know that physically and mentally are connected. Mm -hmm. And if I don't take care of this vessel, my brain is not going to function as well. So to me, that does get me towards my end goal and, and even time with my family or time to read or time to listen to other podcasters who share information like this, right? Those are all things that help me reach my end goal. And, and those are okay to build into people's time. Yes. Yes. You need those things. And especially as entrepreneurs, you need the direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's one of the other things that I always like to look at is how is what you're doing getting you closer to whatever your big end goal objective is because a lot of times we get caught in the well I'm just going to do this and oops I have some time I should be doing something so I'm going to do something instead of how does this fit in with where I am going so do you have a process for that? So if, if somebody knew where they're, and first of all, most people think too small, but it, let's just say they're thinking as big as they should think. Um, how do you help them back that up to like small tasks for the day? Because having a big goal, you know, for the end of 2020 um, to, you know, what do I need to accomplish this year to get to that goal in 2020 to what do I need to do per month to get to that goal, mm -hmm. breaking it down then by week and then by day and then by hour. Like, how do you do that? Cause I find that still a challenge. <laughs> I, well, it, it kind of depends on the way that someone works best. Mm. Right. Um, but two main ways. One is sort of a reverse timeline planning. Okay. So, you know, you are going to get out your calendar and, you know, you want to have X done by whatever, the 4th of July. And so what do you need to do every week and then break it down? And I like it when people actually put it in their calendars. Mm. Oh, that's a great idea. Like I need a, just a work calendar, not appointments or anything. There you like go. That. Look, oh, we just, we just spun up a new idea. What, yeah. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, she is, she is crafting. <laughs> as we See, crafting ideas. I work. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Well, you're going to just take a pause so she can write that down. Right. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's one way. The other way is coming from a more academic background. I do more like an outline. You know, like your teachers told you when you're going to write an English paper, make an outline, mm. right? So you have your big objective and then, okay, well, what are the small things? So, you know, you're going to launch a new product. Well, one of the things you need is your social media. So what, you know, what do you need for social media? And 
you know, do you need to get out there and get on podcasts or, you know, how are you going to setting up your course, right? right. Which, when right. are you going to do each module and those kind of things? So right. I call it, you know, just an outline timing. Yeah, it's kind of, I like what you're explaining. You're, you're talking about how you would create a summary, kind of like a table of contents to start. And then, and then you take that table of contents and break it down into a step process. And a lot of things can, I mean, I, the subscription box is a good example because a lot of things can be done concurrently. It's not all chronologically, right. but you, you have to look at all the steps. So I picture it like, you know, three big um, I don't know, what do you call those little, those papers you write on the big pads? I don't, it's like a whiteboard, but in a, oh, right. Those, you know, like an easel board. Yeah. Like yeah. if you think of, I, I took one of those and put them on my wall and broke them down into three categories, mm -hmm. you know, like hard products, you know, vendors, suppliers. And then the second was shipping and fulfillment. And then the third was, um, processing and, and branding. And because mm -hmm. that all kind of fell in a digital bucket and each of those, when I laid them out like that, I could extract the things that could go on at the same time into mm -hmm. a plan. But it's kind of a strange way. Your brain has to be able to think of it in a linear fashion and a horizontal fashion. And how do you teach that to somebody that doesn't get it? I think it's a matter, just a matter of doing it. Mm. And, you know, there's the other thing, like sometimes, you know, people who are more creative, like something like a mind map might work better. What's that? So you have, um, <laughs> how do I explain something visual? auditorily it's gonna be a good test your brain and vocal <laughs> <laughs> so you start off with your big center circle and you know i'm going to do a ted talk okay right. let's call it your ted talk circle and then from that you would draw a line okay well what do i need to do you know i need to come up with a topic and so you're going to draw a line from your center circle to your next little circle Okay, like little bubbles. Little bubbles, right. Okay. And then, you know, you'll have, an, and then you can have little, more little bubbles under the, you know, I need to come up with a topic. Well, you can then brainstorm little bubble topics from mm -hmm. that. And, you know, I need to figure out how to apply for a TED Talk and what are, what are the steps I need to do to do that. And so it just looks a little bit more creative. So pe some people who are a little bit more creatively brain may be able to look at that and have it make a little bit more sense for them. I don't work that way. I work more linearly. So <laughs> I need yeah. that step by step, but it's just a different form of doing it. That is basically the same thing. And I do that all the time and had no idea that that's what it was called <laughs> because that's where you see a lot of the graphics where like the brain yes. is there and there's like a, it's like a caption bubble, right? Yes. So a mind map is basically caption bubbles around a center idea. Ah, I see. Now that yeah. makes sense. That, yes. that totally makes sense. I've done that. I just didn't have a name for it. So there's, so there's, that goes back to what you're talking about of determining people's strengths and how they, um, and how they interpret information because mm -hmm. I know that when I set things up in a linear and horizontal fashion and can extract data out of it, mm -hmm. I know when I've worked with really large teams, about half the people, they, can't, they don't follow. So there, there mm. has to be alternative ways to present information because everybody, especially in your own mind, when you have your own vision and your goals and your dreams, we all are going to see that a little differently. Yes. 
Exactly. So, okay. So if, if other than mind mapping and doing like a horizontal or a, a vertical um, chart process, what are their other options to kind of like organize their information? That's it. I'm sorry. That's it. I'm done. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, okay, if you don't fit into a mind map, if you do it that way, I'm out. No. Um, you know, those are just really the main ways that I worked, I guess. Um, yeah. I haven't had anybody who has struggled. Okay, that's interesting. So most people fall into that category of yeah. one of those other visuals. And, and maybe it's because I think a lot of entrepreneurs have different mindsets on how to, to interpret information and can figure it out. I mean, I would say that that's one thing about starting your own business. You become very good at, at being a problem solver. Yes, Mm, interesting. Okay. So, okay. So you, you first start by understanding how people work, you know, the environment they work in, you know, grabbing their strengths, you, they, they take a personality test and I'm sure you dive deep into their business to determine what it is they're trying to do because you can help them guide, guide them through the process of getting to their end goals if they're not clear on that. Um, and then you kind of map out that end goal and then back it upward. And, and then what? Like, how do you take all this information and make it a practical day to day, right? Because that's the thing you do coaching. And I know that I work with a variety of coaches in different ways and mentors. And I truly believe that they have made me be what I'm capable of doing today. But I know that a lot of what happens, it doesn't have the impact if you cannot take it back and put it into play by yourself. Right, right. No. And that is a huge part of it. So... For most people, I find that it works easier to work in kind of chunks. Mm. And I'm not just talking about your daily calendar, time chunking type of things. But okay, so this is our first step. You know, let's really figure out what your goals are and what is realistic for them, you know, mm. in whatever time period that they're working on and letting them work on little bits and pieces at a time so that they feel confident in their abilities that they can do it. Mm. That's a big thing. Having the confidence to know that you can get to that next step. Yes. Actually that, that might be the most underrated thing that we've just talked about. Really. If, if you think about it, I, you know, I, I definitely have a lot of self-confidence in certain areas. No. Do you? I mean, how did you, how would you know that? How's that possible? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, that's how I was born. Um, but I would, I would think that that must be a challenge, especially if you're working with other coaches, because understanding their own value is probably the first, that, again, we're going like backwards a little. That's probably the first most initial thing to establish. Yes. And it is hard because that's not really the way we're used to working mm. is following our values and but we're, as entrepreneurs it can be a great guiding force because it can set us up for I want to do a course well does this align with your values or are you doing a course because somebody said you should do a course mm. right um, and so going back to what we were originally talking about is doing it in little steps. Absolutely seeing the confidence that you can have in working towards your goals, but also a lot of times that's when those other issues like the fear of 
oh my gosh, should I really do this? Mm-hmm. Should I put myself out there? Or I actually work with quite a few that are afraid of what's going to happen if they succeed. And so those get to come up in little chunks and we get to deal with those as well. It's a question that people should ask themselves is, is not what's going to happen if I fail, but what's going to happen if this actually happens the way that I envision it happening? Sometimes, yes. Yeah, I think that resiliency comes in all forms. And that's, I mean, this podcast is a lot about that. And, you know, I know where my resiliency to withstand those fears has come from. A a lot of it's our life experiences and Mm -hmm. the things that we've gone through. And and of course, I think fitness is a big part of that. When you think you can't lift a certain weight or accomplish a certain goal and you do, it carries over to all aspects of your life. Like even just hiking a mountain. I mean, it even just be like walking a mile, whatever that is. It creates that ability to understand you can set something that feels unachievable, get past it and feel great on the other side. Mm-hmm. That carries over to a lot of what you're talking about because it is, it is scary starting your own business. And I'm sure that a lot of people that are at the stage where they really need to get organized, it's feeling very overwhelmed. Yes, there is a lot of overwhelmed. And it can be overwhelmed from starting a new business or even I want to take my business to the next level. Mm. Right, right. So it's not just about the establishment, it's about the growth as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are those are all thing important things. And if you want to, if you want to take those steps, you have to be organized. You, you have to be, you have to be organized in, in so many different ways. So I love that you're working in this field. This is amazing. Thank you. I've, I've enjoyed it. So how much of, of your time is spent working in the business? And how much of it is still teaching? Uh, probably about 70, 30 now. Yeah. Let's say. And, is, and is it your goal to keep working, um, in the field of helping businesses become more productive business? Owners? Yes. More yes. People, I don't I know say. that I'll ever give up all of my teaching. Yeah. No. I like that. You like it. It's hard. I do like it. And you make an income from it. So it is helping you reach your Not goals. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's, if you map that out, there's going to be, there's going to be something associated to that that really does help you get to your end goal. So you don't need to give it up. Right. Well, I like to think that, you know, coaching will, I mean, it, that also gives me an income and it can exceed my income from teaching. So yeah, I'd be like, well, bye-bye. But how many people, you know, start doing a business and they do too until they feel right. that they can transfer to the other. And oftentimes it ends up always just staying a combination of several things. Like mm-hmm. as we're talking about, we all do so many different things. Yes. Yes. I love it. I love it. So, so what's next outside of what you're doing in teaching and as a coach, what, what other things do you have brewing for your future? <laughs> Um, well, I have actually a podcast starting. Yes, let's talk about that, which is really exciting. Yeah, getting some, you know, getting your feet wet here and and sharing some good information. And by the way, um, if those of you that are listening want to find our podcast whenever it's up and ready or whenever she wants, we'll drop it in the show notes, add it in after. And she's got some great equipment, so whatever she talks about, it's going to be good. (laughs) It's going to sound good. It's going to sound good. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So it's all about productivity. You know, some of the same things that we've been talking about today. And do you dive deep? Are you going to planning to dive deeper into each of those topics on different podcasts? Yes. Maybe you should invite me in to have my rant about 
living a notification-free life. I'm happy to rant on someone else's podcast. I will. Anytime you say the word, sister, I'm there. Yes, yes, (laughs) because that would be a great case study of going from notification world to notification-free. Yeah, and and it's so interesting because now even when people are around me and there's notifications, it distracts me and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I actually don't like it. And and when my my teenagers, I have, well, I, I, you'll listen to my podcast, you'll hear one about me talking about being an empty nester. And then three weeks later, one of my children at college came home. So I'm no <laughs> but I, I tell them like, when you're at home, this is, this is the notification free zone. And I have mm-hmm. like taken a geographical area in my house and no, no phones on allowed in here just because. I've gotten so used to having no, none of that noise around right. me that when I'm out and I hear it going off in people's hands and at dinner tables and stuff, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have, they're still drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen on like Facebook or whatever, there was a, um, I don't want to necessarily call it a meme, but a post or whatever about people getting like shoe racks to hang by their door and so that when their kids friends came over they had them put their phones in like one of those little hanging over the door shoe rack type of things love they it put their phone in their slot and you know what you are here to socialize in person you are not here to socialize on your phone so your phone stays here you have just rocked my world I'm going to now have one of, I can picture it, one of those behind the door, like see-through little mm-hmm. yes. shoe rack, or even cosmetic racks. I'm right. going to put it on my front door and anybody that comes to my house, gonna, at least it's going to be the reminder to, to turn your phone off. You can mm-hmm. have it, but it's going to stay here. Mm-hmm. See, my children are going to love and hate, hate you in equal parts <laughs> after this. <laughs> no, I, I think it's, I think it's good. And it, 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 it makes a real difference and I just really encourage people to try it, you know, even for 24 hours yeah. or, and it, and, and it's, there's the misconception is that you're not on your device and that's not true. I'm on my device regularly. It's probably as much as anybody else in chunks of time. I just don't go on my device when it goes off. I go on my device when I'm taking a break or when yes. I'm not in the middle of something. Yes. You're being intentional with your time and you know what? You can start with one thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, you don't have to turn off all of your notifications and live in silence right away. Exactly. All right, Jack. Well, tell people how they can find you. You can find my website at www.jackjulian, it's J-A-C-J-U-L-I-E-N.com, or all of your listeners are invited to join my free Facebook group, Anti-Hustle Nation. I love that, Anti-Hustle Nation. This is good. (laughs) (laughs) Stop hustling. And that's a Facebook group, right? That's a Facebook group. So they can request to join. And I know that you have um, five mind tricks for more productivity that's free on your website. So if anybody is looking to really dive deeper into like getting some freebies from you, like giving your, getting your expertise without having to go through a whole lot to start, they can go and, and learn a little about you, a little bit about you and more of the areas that you dive into when you work with people on productivity. Um, awesome. And so I've got one more question for you. Are you ready? <laughs> No. <laughs> um, I told her that I had been thinking about this question for quite a while before we sat down to do this recording. So, Yeah, it's the question about what percentage of grit and grace are you? And I know it, it really kind of, it, it 
freaks a few people out because it's a it's an interesting question because what you strive towards is likely not what you are. That's why, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You think, okay, I want to be equal parts gritty and equal parts graceful, but the truth is, is that every day it's something different. So what are you today? I think today and most days, I'm probably about 70% gritty and 30% grace. I love it. Yeah. Actually, I love it. I can't imagine that you would be able to accomplish the things in your life that you're accomplishing if you weren't. I think part of my issue, I shouldn't say issue, part of my thinking about the question was, I really need to accept this. I'm just a little bit more gritty and maybe I have... I feel uncomfortable about that for some reason, but I just need to accept that because that is who I am and some people love me anyway. Well, and you know what, maybe that's, and maybe that's in your professional side of you. I mean, on the personal side of me, I'm probably way more graceful. So I, maybe I need to clarify the question. Are we talking about the grit and grace in the professional part of your day or the grit and grace in your family part of the day? Yes. It might be the same, but it might be different. Truth, truth. See, we both learned and created new ideas. That's right. This is what podcasting is all about. <laughs> this is very, very true. All right, Jack. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And listeners, don't forget, visit her website, jackjulian.com. And we will make sure to let you know when her podcast comes out. And you can go find out all the information about productivity and how to become better at all the great things that you're doing. And if you are listening to us on iTunes, please make sure that you leave us uh, a rating and a comment. And if you you are listening to us on the ladieschitchatclub.com, go be a premium member. It makes sense. You don't have to hear any commercials and it helps us keep bringing you all this great information. So my friends, go be fierce. Ladies and gentlemen, do not forget to visit our new subscription box site, Grit, Grace, and Glory at gx3box.com. There you can find out how you can sign up to receive monthly inspiration, education, and some special stuff to help celebrate you. And the best part is every box will have a contribution to a nonprofit or a social enterprise because we all know we like to be our best and give back to the community 